Hello everyone and welcome to the Talk Music Podcast, where we chat everything and anything related to the world of music and occasionally focus on topics a little bit unrelated. My name is Scott Kelly. I am a drummer turned comedy singer-songwriter and apparently now a podcaster. You're going to hear me chat to many different people, but more often than not, it will be fellow musicians having conversations about their careers and lives within, arguably, the greatest art form in the world. And you get this for free each and every week on scottcowie.com, on Stitcher Radio, and now on iTunes. So please rate, review, subscribe, tell a friend, let them know what's going on over here. But for now, enjoy the show. Guest this week in the podcast, phenomenal drummer Peter Erskine, perhaps most famous for his time with the band Weather Report. Could you imagine being behind that drum kit with Jacko Pistorius on the stage with you? Unbelievable. Peter is going to tell us some great stories about Jacko. He's going to talk about his drumming and he's also going to tell us in detail about the apps that he's been developing online that have been very well received. It's all happening. Here comes the interview. It's going to be a good one. Okay, I am back on the Talk Music Podcast with the legendary drummer, Mr. Peter Erskine. How are you, sir? I'm fine, Scott. Uh, Thanks for this invitation to speak with you uh, and with all your listeners. Absolutely. Now, it's a total pleasure to have you on. I've been following your career for a number of years now. And one thing that strikes me, Peter, is that you've really kept um, on top of things as far as technology is concerned, particularly with the development of your apps, which, of course, are available on iPhone, iPad, you name it. Can you tell us a bit about the apps in general? Um, well, I've, I've always been a, a, a bit of a, a tech head, or um, my kids like to call me a propeller head, uh, when it comes to uh, technology and and. Um, and, and so I've, I've always had this interest in in computers and uh, synthesizers uh, and any, anything electronic, uh, despite the fact that acoustic drumming is my most favorite thing in the world to do. Uh, but there's some wonderful uh, educational uh, opportunities available uh, because of uh, these, these new handheld devices. Um, and the way that ties into the acoustic work that I do. Jazz is very much uh, a music about passing along what you know. And and so in some way, I'd like to think that, that I'm kind of continuing the tradition and kind of repaying the favor uh, that, uh, you know, so many great jazz musicians uh, gave to me and, and other players of my generation uh, by sharing the information. Um, what the apps do uh, are that they they take the music minus one play along paradigm and, and just really kind of expand it uh, to more or less unimaginable uh, dimensions, at least compared to the way that we used to use them when I was young. Uh, in the old days, you could buy a, a vinyl phonograph and you could do a play along by uh, just just buying a, a play along package for for music minus one instrument. Uh, and or maybe taking the balance control of your stereo and moving it all the way to the right to get rid of the bass, or move it all the way to the left to get rid of the drums, etc. cetera. Um, so we use the, the, the technology available on uh, iPhones or iPads. Uh, so we have a built-in mixer. So you can 
mute or change the volume of any of the elements. Uh, in the case of the piano trio, that would be piano, bass, or drums. Um, they can be used by more than one person. So let's say a bass player and a drummer can jam with the pianist. And, and, and it, in this and all cases of the apps, we are using real musicians. So there's, there, there are no MIDI tracks to play with. These are real musicians who have spent years learning how to play that style of music. And in the case of the jazz apps, you know, how to swing. Um, so, for example, if you're a vocalist or a horn player, you could play with the complete rhythm tracks. But if you're a drummer, you, you can take the drums out. If you're a drummer and bass player, you can uh, take those instruments out and play along with the great pianist Alan Pasqua. Uh, we have a couple volumes of jazz. We have one Afro-Cuban. Um, I just did a recording session yesterday with Jimmy Haslip produced. Uh, Jimmy Haslip was one of the founding members of the Yellow Jackets. Uh, with a wonderful guitarist named Randy Bernson. Randy, I met Randy about well, 30 some years ago by way of Jaco Pastorius. So Randy's doing a new album, and it, and it occurred to me this morning when I was having some coffee. I said, "Hey, you know, since everything's being recorded discreet, um, uh, you know, at, at a separate time and in a separate place, we could very easily make um, a fusion play along app." Uh, which is just what the world needs right now. So <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll do that. We have a Brazilian app in the works. Uh, we have David Garibaldi's Code of Funk, uh, which covers the funk uh, side of things. And then uh, Ralph Humphrey is uh, going to collaborate with us and do an odd meter play along. And then the only thing that will be left, you know, my bucket list of, of app development, uh, will be a big band play along. Um, sorry for such a, a long-winded answer, but uh, I, I, I like what the apps do. I, I use them with all my students, uh, at, not only at, at the University of Southern California, where I teach uh, throughout the school year, but whenever I do workshops, you know, it, it's, it's great. I mean, I have a rhythm section at my fingertips, and now anyone else can. Uh, we've had a lot of requests from Android users. You know, what about the Android? Um, I haven't found an Android developer. If you're out there, please contact me. Uh, meanwhile, uh, I've made a new version of these apps where we've created classic music minus one mixes. Uh, but we include every configuration of possible mix. And we put all this data on a, uh, on a USB data card, like a wafer card. So it's a little, a little bit thicker than a business card, but pretty much the same size. And part of the card spins around and becomes a USB uh, connection point. Um, and these are fairly easy to carry around. And, and then you could blast these uh, MP3 files into any portable device or use it on your computer. Um, so uh, in, in a very large nutshell, uh, that's the story of the apps. That is so cool. And, and the fact that there's a bunch of things that you said there, number one, the, the big band app. That sounds brilliant. That would be a big, big seller, I think, Peter. And that's that's something that I would imagine would take a lot of work, but it's a very exciting project indeed. A, a fair fair amount of work, and um, uh, you know that's an expensive thing to do, and to do it right and to do it well. Uh, Gordon Goodwin uh, has an excellent play along series. Um, he was interested in our app platform. I think he's he's 
going to go his own way. Um, but that that inspires me to want to do the same. I've been in, in talks with uh, Bob Mincer about uh, possibly gearing this app around all his music because, um, you know, he writes so great and, and his charts are very popular, played by uh, big bands and young musicians all over the world. Um, so the, that's at least a couple of years down the road, but that's something I hope to get done. Um, I'd just like to apologize in advance for all the emails that I'm going to be sending you, um, asking you lots of questions about how to develop apps because it sounds like <laughs> it sounds like something that I'll, I'll need to get my head around without a doubt. Now, you mentioned Jacob Astorius a minute ago. Um, I'm so keen to learn everything that, you know, hear all these stories about Jacko. Tell us your first impression when you first heard him play or when you first met him. Well, when I first heard him, I think I had the same reaction that everyone else does. Wow. Um, uh, you know, the virtuosity, uh, the way he played Donna Lee was unlike anything anyone had ever heard. or, or uh, We couldn't even imagine that that was possible on the bass, number one. So it, the first listening of that first track uh, definitely felt like the door was being opened to, to a you know, the future, this is what's possible on this instrument. And then the next tune, he does this classic kind of Sam and Dave uh, R&B tune, but with the most modern kind of a bass groove, which was similar in some ways to the way that, you know, like uh, uh, Rocco Prestia played with Tower Power, uh, or even some of the stuff that like... Uh, uh, James Jamerson or Chuck Rainey were doing on lots of records, but but there was something unmistakably different about it. Um, and Jocko could hover in in that in that rarefied air of of high level jazz improvisation that we'd never heard these other bass players you know venture into that territory. So Jocko. Uh, and, and, you know that first solo album, which was my first exposure to him, uh, was just all over the map in the, in the best possible way. Then I get a chance to meet him. I'm working with Maynard Ferguson's band, and one of the trumpet players in Maynard's band had also played trumpet on that first solo album of Jocko's. So we're in Miami, Florida, and he gives Jocko a call, kind of a courtesy call, just like, hey, we're in town, expecting to leave a message on Jocko's answering machine. Jocko picked up the phone. Uh, oh, so they chatted for a while, and then uh, the trumpeter, Ron Tooley, said, hey, do you want to come down and see the band tonight? And Jocko said, no, that's okay. You know, I caught you guys the last time you were in town. And it was Ron Tooley who said, well, you know, we got a new drummer. You might want to check this guy out. And then Jocko said, oh, okay, I'll be there. So Jocko came to the show, and I got to meet him. And uh, in person, he looked a, a, a bit different than what I expected him to look like based on that album cover. He looked so continental and sophisticated. Not that he wasn't sophisticated, but he was wearing a Philadelphia Phillies baseball cap and had these kind of goofy glasses on and a striped shirt buttoned up to the very top. He, he looked really kind of nerdy, uh, this long, stringy hair. Uh, but was such an amiable, friendly guy. Uh, and we immediately felt like we'd known each other for a long time. 
So I excuse myself when I see it's time to go play the, the second set. And I said, I'll, you know, I'll see you. I'm sorry, i got to go play now. And instead of saying, uh, oh, play well or have a good set or a good show, he called out to me. He goes, hey, man. And I turned around and looked. And he said, have fun. Now, no one had ever said that to me before. You know, have fun. Playing was always a test. Playing was uh, somehow not, not a chore, but it, it always felt a little bit like a test. Um, and here I was probably playing uh, what, what could have been one of the most important playing circumstances of my life up to that point. And the guy says, have fun. That was a huge turning point for me. Um, and I did. I went up. I was laughing as I was playing. And I had so much fun thinking that this guy, this amazing musician, Jaco Pastorius, was there listening. And I didn't feel at all nervous or self-conscious. Uh, well, of course, that worked in my favor. Uh, when I spoke with Jaco a short while later by telephone, he, he said, I'm going to call you one of these days, which I didn't think he would. But I just thought it was a nice thing for him to say. We did spend most of that night um, listening to that he had mixes of heavy weather. And I remember telling him that, uh, wow, Jocko, this is, this is the version of Weather Report I've been waiting for. And I was perfectly satisfied to imagine that I'd spend the rest of my life listening to these same five guys making more and more records. Um, I didn't expect that Alex Acuna would be leaving the band and that, that Jocko would uh, would push Joe and Wayne to call me. Uh, I was as, as surprised as anyone to get that call. Uh, I, I'm you know, eternally grateful that uh, all those circumstances led to that and, um, and that I got to work with him. So somehow Jocko, you know, meeting him or playing with him, it just felt like we'd done it for years and years. I think that was a result of the, f the fact that we both listened to a lot of the same music growing up. You know, Jocko and I were roughly the same age, and we were both half the age of Joe Zavolino and Wayne Shorter. So we were the kids in the band. You know, they were the grown-ups. Uh, so, so what else do you think you learned from them? Well, you know, when Jocko and I first started playing uh we were having fun and uh, weather report was kind of a notoriously tough band uh especially for drummers to play in. and then and uh, after the honeymoon period was over joe zavano uh well i think all the guys heard what needed improving but joe was the most vocal and the daily sound checks while we were on tour were becoming like drum lessons and you know, Jocko was getting really tired of that, and and he sensed that I was, uh, I was second guessing a lot of my music, my musical choices, and in a rhythm section, you know, that whatever kind of rhythm section it is, that's that's not a good thing. Uh, and so I was thinking too much, and so Jocko came up to me one day, kind of fed up, and he said, "Hey, man," he said, "Stop thinking so much, just concentrate." And what that meant was, you know, listen, just listen to the music. And, and 
to this day, you know, if, if I'm ever in doubt, what should I play? I just listen to the music because the music will always tell you, you know, and you can always trust music. A lot of, a lot of things in life you can't trust perhaps, uh, although I'm a fairly trusting guy, but the one thing you can always trust is music. Very interesting. That's, that's, that's what he was trying to tell me. Very interesting indeed. From one great bass player to another, obviously we've all um, we've all got the sad news about Jack Bruce um, recently passing away. Um, what are your memories of the band Cream and, of course, Jack Bruce in particular? Well, I... Uh, I, I join everyone, uh, not only in, in, uh, in Scotland and England and, and Europe, and mourning the loss of Jack, but music fans everywhere. Uh, very lovely man. I got to meet him a few years ago. I'm tempted to say it was about five years ago. Uh, it was shortly after they had done their reunion concerts at, at Royal Albert and, uh, in New York. Um, and uh, I, the reason I met him, I, uh, he came with his son, I think, uh, to a, a drum workshop I did. Uh, at, uh, if memory serves correct, it was the Orchard uh, Music School or, or drum shop. A lovely gentleman named Paul Francis runs outside of London. Um, and... Uh, and Jack was there with his young son, as, as, as I recall. Anyway, so I, so I got to meet Jack Bruce. I was thrilled, you know, because Cream, I mean, you know, Jack Bruce. And I'd, I'd met, I haven't met Ginger Baker. I, I met Eric Clapton when I was in Weather Report. But somehow meeting Jack Bruce really felt like the real deal. I felt like this, somehow he was more the, the center of, of, of all that music than than the other very important parts. Um, great storyteller, very humble guy. Uh, he, he was a jazz spirit. And I, I think, I mean, my impression of Cream really, I mean, it, was, it was more of a jazz band than anything else, mm -hmm. uh, kind of. Uh, and I was a jazz snob at the time. Um, I kind of liked my jazz a little more acoustic. Um, but I would be very positively impacted by the innovations and I think the groundbreaking that, that Cream did and, and other groups. Uh, it just took me a little longer to get around to it. Um, I, you know, that, that band was, uh, seemed to be a, a, you know, they lived in this glass house uh, and everyone became aware of the inner dynamics and all the psychodrama and, and you know we became privy to everything that was going on uh, with them it was sort of a fascinating thing uh, you know ginger baker and all his uh, the, the demons uh, internal as well as external and, and i just recently watched a movie uh about ginger baker uh, beware of beware of mr baker yeah Beware of Mr. Baker here where he punches a guy in the face. Um, my, you know, my favorite moment in that film, and I'd actually seen it once before, is is, is when Ginger Baker is beating uh, drum solos uh, with Art Blakey. And you see the obvious 
respect on his face for for Blakey, and and I and I think I think Jack Bruce was the same. You know, the respect he had for the older blues and jazz musicians. These these guys were were jazzers before they were uh, members of, of, of Cream or, or all, all the various other rock bands. Um, and that's the history of the music. So Jack Bruce is just such an important part of the history of the music. Um, but I was very glad I got to meet him, and I can, I can tell everyone that he was just a really lovely person. Absolutely. Well said. Now, if it's okay, I'm going to throw out some drummers' names, and I would love to just um, say their names and uh, get your thoughts on them, if that's okay. Mm-hmm. Buddy Rich. Buddy Rich. Uh, in my opinion, uh, the greatest drummer who ever lived. Uh, the closest thing that jazz, I guess, would have to a Paganini. Uh, that would be Buddy Rich. Uh, uh, incredible musician who swung like crazy he was not my primary source of drumming inspiration or information uh, but I always had tremendous respect and, and uh, loved his earlier recordings loved the, the the first recordings he made with his own big band and then in the later years when I got to hear him play live many many times uh, especially when he played brushes uh, it was just astonishing it was he, he was Horowitz, he was Paganini, uh, uh, he was Shakespeare. I mean, it, it, you know, he, he's, Buddy Rich is right up there with the greatest names in, in, in all of art. Thomas Lang. Thomas Lang. Um, really cool guy. I like Thomas a lot. Uh, our musical philosophies are probably uh, quite different. Um he has uh, technical abilities that uh, uh, are beyond my reach and imagination. Uh, the guy has tremendous drumming skills, uh, and I like what he's doing uh, in terms of education. Um, I've, I've not really had the chance to hear Thomas play uh, so much with, with bands. That's, that's just uh, ignorance on my part. Uh, so I can't really say how I've heard him function in an ensemble uh so uh i can always i can only say that uh, i've worked alongside him in, in educational presentations uh and it's always good fun to see him absolutely um yeah i've been fortunate enough to speak to thomas on here and he's like you said he's a really really cool guy indeed now what do you think some of the the most common mistakes are for young drummers particularly trying to play swing and or jazz uh, technical mistakes? And um, just mistakes in general re- oh. regarding their philosophy towards it, just just common mistakes that they do. Um, just more so their approach, you know? No, intention has a lot to do with, with much of what we do in life. Uh, you know, a number of things. Uh, the, the, the mechanical aspects often, you know, interact with with the musical, and you want to make sure that, that both are uh, uh, in, in somewhat tip-top shape. Uh, mechanically, uh, you just need to know how to hold the sticks in such a way that you're not producing an unpleasant tone, uh, and that you're not hitting the instrument in such a way uh, so as to hurt yourself. 
this enables the drummer uh, that he or she can uh, achieve as much uh, uh, velocity or speed uh, as they might want. Velocity in terms of you know power. Uh, uh, so if if your starting point is that you're playing relaxed and and, and uh, you're not crimping anywhere physically, uh, then your chances are pretty good. You can you can take it as far as you want to go. Uh, then that gets balanced out by the musical considerations. What kind of music are you playing? What kind of music do you want to play? The simple answer: play what you'd like to hear next. Um, if I play nervous, uh, for example, if Thomas Lang was listening to me, if I was worried that what might Thomas think? Um, I have no idea what Thomas Lang really likes in the drummer, and I can't second-guess that. And I'm, besides, I'm, I'm not paying attention to what I should be paying attention to if I'm worrying about what Thomas Lang or any other drummer is interested in hearing. I have to play for what the musicians around me expect and need. So my job as a drummer is, is number one, to provide rhythmic information, and number two, play in such a way that they all play better. You know, I'm the uh, most of my drumming approach is, uh, 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 you know, I'm not the leading man. I'm one of the servants in Downton Abbey who has the very interesting private and personal life. <laughs> so, you know, uh, what I'm doing is, is, is actually, it's, it's very fulfilling, very interesting. Uh, it's even sexy, but... Uh, you know, I don't get top billing most of the time, and that's fine. Very interesting indeed, Peter. It's been an absolute pleasure talking to you today. Uh, very informative, and one thing that I'm going to definitely do is download all these apps because I've not, I've not done so yet. Best of luck with everything in the future, and particularly the development of the Big Band app. Well, I really appreciate all that, and uh, um, the drummers listening out there, we, we, we brought up the names, of course, of Art Blakey, uh, Ginger Baker, Buddy Rich, Thomas Lang. Let me just make sure that uh, you, you all give a good listen to Elvin Jones, Mel Lewis, Roy Haynes, Max Roach, Philly Joe Jones. Uh, that's a, that's a good that's a good list right there. And of course, Tony Williams and Jack DeJohnette. Um, and there's so much wonderful information there. Oh, and Mr. Jimmy Cobb, of course. So uh, thank you for the chance to uh, say all their names and and to say all the stuff I said. To all your listeners, I appreciate the opportunity. Absolutely, and I'm going to add one drummer onto that list, and his name is Peter Erskine. Check them all out, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much, Peter. Thanks, Scott. Keep in touch. Great opportunity for myself to catch up and chat with the legendary drummer Peter Erskine. Go and check out his website, because you can see all of those apps for yourself, coupled with all his great drumming videos. Peter Erskine, go and check him out. Previous episodes of this podcast, the audio series include interviews with the likes of Stuart Copeland, Julian Lennon, to name but a few. We've, we're close to that 50th episode. We've got some great acts coming up for you. I also do a vodcast. You can see interviews with Nathan East, Dave Lombardo, to name but a few. We're two episodes in. We've got some great ones coming up for you. Keep checking back on scottkiwi.com. Listen to this on iTunes, Stitcher Radio. Subscribe, tell a friend. Let them know what's going on over here. And we will see you guys next week.